Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the On Point trailer. We'll be talking about some of this week's new releases, including Taylor Swift, The Black Beauty, and also The Mandalorian. And um, if you haven't already done so, make sure you can subscribe on the YouTube channel where we've got over 50,000 members. You can also find us on all the different podcast platforms. And there's a big thank you to all of our supporters over on Patreon and also YouTube channel members. So big thank you to Sarah, Darren, Lauren, The Juice, and What's on Netflix, Joshua, Andrew, and Jeremy. Now we're going to be very honest with you right now, where we just realized we've done the entire recording and I hadn't hit record. So we have done this all once already. So, <laughs> so, um, so <laughs> the situations where we're going to do it again. Uh, we're going to uh, obviously try and, you know, make it a little bit different from us point of view because but yeah i just thought i'm just gonna be honest and say that's the first time i've done that one i am double checking i've hit the cord because that was a bit thing but nevertheless we're gonna we're gonna record it again but it might be a little bit shorter than the original version so uh, yes it's so now start. one o'clock in the morning here i might pass out before this <laughs> yeah. is done so let's talk first off the on point trailer uh what did you think of it I was a little surprised to find that I, I did find it interesting. I know next to nothing about ballet, so anything they want to teach me about it is brand new material. And the angle that they are taking with it seems interesting. You know, they're focusing on these individual journeys for some of these kids, uh, so we get to see it through their lens. Yeah, it was definitely for me, I kind of watched it. It was very dramatic, the music building up to it, kind of building up to the thing telling the stories of how important this all is i'm gonna be honest i've no interest in this series it's something that i wouldn't want to watch it's something i wouldn't go out my way to watch but i'm very much glad that it's there because i'm you know people that are interested in this i want it there i want people to enjoy it i want different kind of content because disney plus needs some variety and i'm glad this is not another documentary on you know mandalorian or marvel or something like that just something completely different this kind of reminds me a little bit of like uh, pick up the litter, go off and do something different. Six episodes, a nice short season to kind of jump into. It'll be available on the 18th. Um, I thought the trailer did a good job. I can tell that there's not not as much interest. This is a one of those things with with Disney of like you know with fans of like we want something original. You put something original out and everyone doesn't even slightly even move the needle. It's like, oh, yeah, but here's a sequel to a 1970s movie and everyone gets excited. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a kind of thing of, it is very different than what we've seen before, but more of this is required. Absolutely. And I think that the audience for this is going to be a bit younger. I think uh, particularly younger girls, but also probably some boys as well, uh, will be interested to see what goes into being uh, a ballet dancer. And these are people who won't be commenting on Facebook, so they're, we're not going to see their reaction. Uh, but I suspect that there are actually a number of kids out there who they probably didn't see the trailer, but when it pops onto Disney Plus might be like, oh, this is ballet. Let's, let's watch the ballet thing. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, I think just in general, it just, this is just something that's really interesting for people that are into ballet or want to get into ballet or just after something a bit different. You know, and I'm fine with it. I think the fact of them dropping all six episodes on the 18th, I think that's probably the smart thing for this because I don't think week to week that would work, but it's nice to have it on there. Um, moving on from there, there's also some news this week that um, down in Latin America, Disney are rebranding their Fox television channels to Star. So it's going to be like the Fox channel will become Star channel, Fox Life will become Star, and then they've got a load of other ones. 
And this is kind of going to be taking place in February. And this, they're also going to be getting the new star streaming service or whichever kind of connection in with Disney Plus, all of which is expected to be announced on the Investors Day on the 10th of December. But very interesting that Disney are now going through and basically removing that Fox branding from all of their television networks. I mean, we've got Fox Channel over here that is owned by Disney. And I would not be at all surprised if this happens as well over here. And it's just more synergy. Yeah, uh, synergy. You're stealing my word from the, the previous <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah, the, this is something they're going to want to to keep the branding in line. And Star is already established in India, you know, several million subscribers Not, before um, we even got to it. In, in kind of pretty much Asia, because when I was out in Hong Kong last mm. year, you know, we had the Star Network. And I think even in... Um, Shanghai, I think we had. So it's, it's very much there. So I can see why they're doing it. They've got, I think it's a little bit more, you know, they've just, I think they've essentially just got to get away from the Fox branding. I think they've got a few years as part of the contract to kind of get away from that. And not even just the Fox branding. I, I would be, would not be surprised if say Hulu uh, made the jump at some point to, to, to star branding just so they've got consistency all across the board. And it is, their property whereas hulu is kind of a conglomeration multiple mm. companies involved uh, investors and so on and so forth with the fox acquisition star is theirs and they can yeah they can I mean, really uh, claim it i mean i always have this is the weird thing really for me is with hulu is the live aspect whether or not that carries on as its own separate thing and i don't know what they're doing but we'll, we're going to discuss that probably next week and when we do our investors day predictions um, we're going to be doing that um, here. Yeah, it'll be next week. And so, yes, it's nice to see them doing that. Um, also, some international news as well, kind of interconnected with that one. Um, down in Australia, there's going to be a new system that they're currently trying to get through where they want to start bringing in like a quota system or a, a license thing where streaming networks like Disney Plus and Netflix, etc., will have to either create a certain amount of content in Australia or have to pay up. Um, the same as local networks. This is something that's already they're trying to bring in in Canada. And they also have already got that system here in Europe, where the idea really is just for the, the of American companies not just coming into countries and just essentially wiping out our local um, net, you know, our local networks, local, taking away, you know, all the jobs and all the things and everything that goes alongside that, because everything's just being made in America. So they're all trying to keep hold of our infrastructures and our, you know, stories for us, you know, you know it's like for me, you know, when I watch TV, I don't want to watch every single TV show set in New York or Los Angeles because that's, you know, there are certain things that happen here in the UK that don't happen there. And, you know, and we need to have that. I mean, I know we're going to see a lot more of this going forward. And Disney are sort of set in Netflix and, oh, you don't need to do this. Like, yeah, you don't want a quota because you don't want to have to commit to it. Um, the good thing is, from Disney's point of view, is down in Sydney, they do actually have a massive studio complex where they have a number of stages. They are currently filming for Love and Thunder down there. They've recently just finished the Shang-Chi movie. And there's loads of movies and shows being made for um, like Channel 7 and Channel 9 down in Australia. And I think that's something that, you know, we're going to see a lot more of going forward where we just need this, you know, we need that local protection. Yeah, and it's actually a good thing for Disney too. They They might not like it up front because it does require an investment in both money and time. But honestly, the amount of diverse content that you get by getting stuff from other countries is only a good thing for the platform. Uh, not just Disney plus, but Netflix and all of them. It, 
it's not just you guys in the UK going, please stop making shows in New York, show other things as well. Even in the States, you're like, you know, people live outside New York. Let's see some other things. <laughs> and then also uh, by getting a show set in Australia or the UK or the Netherlands or something like that, you get a very different perspective. And the things that uh, they consider important aren't necessarily things we consider important. And you get that kind of exchange of ideas, exchange of culture, um, almost through osmosis. Well, or something also like that. you get different creative process. You know, you're going to get different directors. You're going to get different writers, different, you know, the, the production team, the makeup artists, you know, you're also going to have a different set of actors and stuff all involved. And it's all just going to create something more interesting and more fun. And, and it protects the industries over here, you know, you get, you know, and I think that's the whole thing. I mean, Disney in some way are they make movies and stuff in different locations already to kind of fulfill that but it, it's going to give Disney Plus much more content and I'm hoping that they're going to start making this stuff more easily available last week there was an Aboriginal documentary series that was put on the Disney Plus in, in Australia so make it available everywhere make it so everyone can you know see this stuff you know they've added a new series in Italy a new drama series down in Latin America, they've added, they've got 70 different Disney Plus productions underway. And there's a couple of documentaries there. You know, over in the Netherlands, they're filming a thing about a football club. You know, I want to see this available for everyone, not just, don't keep it for just one country. Yeah, and that's absolutely understanding that most people aren't going to want to watch uh, a documentary about Aboriginals in, in Australia. That That's understood. But having it available hurts nobody at all. Mm. And you never know, you get some random person in the States or in the UK who gets to see it and they learn something about a culture that they know nothing about. My entire basis of knowledge for the Aboriginals in Australia, it comes from the movie, um, The Gods Must Be Crazy. I mean, that, that's literally my entire base of knowledge. And I, that's probably yeah. not very accurate. It probably wasn't accurate 30 years ago when the movie was made. Um, I did want to make another separate point as well, mm -hmm. though. Uh, you mentioned Thor, God, and, uh, mm -hmm. Love and Thunder. Taika is a perfect example of yeah. what we get from getting this kind of cultural exchange. Uh, there is a he's lot. From New Zealand. Right, I was going to mention that. Yeah. Um, he, there is a lot of New Zealand humor in Thor Ragnarok and presumably also in, in the next one. And if they had brought in just another American director, we would not have gotten any of that. We wouldn't have gotten Korg. We wouldn't, we would have a very different movie, not necessarily a bad movie, not necessarily a worse or better movie, but a different movie and having his influence on that made a, a tremendous amount of difference to it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, for me, you know, I, I've spent about, um, I spent about six months out in Australia and about, um, about six weeks or so out in New Zealand. So I am aware of, you know, the, what's out there and spending time there and watching their television and seeing all these movies and stuff. And it's that thing of either they don't want, and it's the same thing over here in the UK. You, you want, stories that are about stuff happening here you know you don't want everything just happening in los angeles because essentially then everything's going to get very bland and we need to protect you know it's not necessarily just about protecting jobs and all that, but we can't just have stories just coming through one outlet through los angeles through the disney channel you know we need more variety more stuff being made and you know, whether or not they're filming stuff and they use the same people in but ultimately they're not going to ship the entire team over from los angeles to to you know, America or, you know, up to Canada, they want to sort out the same kind of thing. And I think we're just going to see more of this um, as Disney Plus rolls out. And the networks are going to have to adapt to it. You know, it's ultimately, you know, there's funding issues in local countries because 
people are watching traditional television less so there's less money from advertising but as more and more people are watching netflix and amazon and disney plus etc it's it just makes sense i'm just really hoping in some ways that disney kind of get a hold of this and make and go right local content we can you know we should try and you know use it try and use this stuff for everyone i mean not everyone's going to be a bit you know but you don't have to make a big song and dance over it but i mean there's one down in latin america this documentary looks absolutely stunning but they've done different audio tracks and different people do a narration depending on the country you know they've one done one for like mexico one for argentina and one for brazil it's like well if you've done that surely then we can make a i don't know an american voiceover and give it to the rest of us you know that kind of thing of like if you've already done that <laughs> and then obviously or, is where you've got the idea of doing dub but then you're putting things like buyer and you know they're putting all these latin american shows on it's like put them out there just put them out there and make it but you know you've got the control there's no reason why not yeah and if you're making subtitles for like 80 different countries already on on your english spoken programs and throw it into the spanish or the uh i don't know the the dutch channels as well did yeah the we, only we're used yeah. to it the only thing i would say is that if they do do that they have be more upfront when you do the description on and yes. I hate, there is a thing on netflix when you start up a series and then suddenly you realize it's stuff and they go i i don't know i've got it or it's subtitled and it's like if it's subtitled i've got to really that means i've got the it's, it has to be really good it's really <laughs> fun because you get both sides if you if you release it dubbed then you will get people going what why isn't it in its original language it should be done in the yeah. original language because that's the proper way and if you do it with subtitles people are like i don't want to read this what do you give it i want it in my language <laughs> you, you, you are screwed either way <laughs> yeah yeah it's nice having the option but yeah so i think we are going to see a lot more of this moving forward um i think I think it's going to happen regardless because they're both Canada and Australia are just trying to protect their, you know, their, their own infrastructure. And it makes a lot of sense. Moving on from there, there was um, lots of new content this week. So we had the new Taylor Swift special folklore, the pot long, the long pond sessions. It was announced on Tuesday, dropped on Wednesday, just in time for Thanksgiving. It's about just under two hour kind of, it's a present. It's a special. It's like, you know, they're basically sat in a log cabin. And it's all very cozy. You know, they got rugs on the floor. Just her and her two producers singing these songs and performing them for the kind of first time together. Because when they made the album Folklore during the lockdown, they were all apart. So it was like them coming together, doing it all socially distanced. I mean, I think they had like a, a, a track going around filming them and they had like six stationary cameras. So it was all done very remotely. And they only did this in September. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a pretty good turnaround. Two months um, to, to turn this one around. You get to hear all 17 of the tracks from the album. You also get a little bit of descriptions where they talk about how they made or how they came up with those songs. Um, sat around a campfire. It's very, very laid back, very chilled and just kind of refreshing. I really like this, the idea of them just doing stuff like this. You know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be always, I mean, luckily for me, I mean, I like Taylor Swift songs anyway. So this was a nice, easygoing thing. I mean, but I, you know, any person you know they can do it on it you know any um singer or you know katie perry gaga anyone like that just you know just give us something different and i'm really really like this one yeah and you don't even necessarily have to do like a uh, a specific singer we had um the those sing-alongs way back at the beginning of quarantine where they they just had celebrities at home singing various disney songs so you can do something like that uh there's all sorts of options and i think that 
Taylor Swift is a very good one to start with. I know she's got a, a ton of fans all over the world, so people are going to be tuning in to, to check this out. But honestly, you can do this with anybody, and they should. They, they, Disney is very much intertwined with music, both through uh, television, you know, the Mouseketeers clubs and all those kids who went on to be music people, but also through the animated films, you know, uh, Lion King, Frozen, Aladdin, and so on. They have many, many catalogs to draw on, and it's content that people would watch no matter how much it costs them to create. I mean, this does not sound like it was a particularly expensive production. It was just kind of chill in a a log cabin. Not to say it was cheap, but in in terms of relative cost. I mean, I spent spent the money went went to Taylor and a music thing, but I'm also just really impressed with the idea that they got this knocked out for Disney Plus. I mean, we've not got like... You know, they came up with the idea and so it floated around in different companies or Disney came up with the idea. But it's like, this is the kind of thing of a, with the pandemic still going on, of just being able to create content, a, a low-end one with hardly anybody involved and do it. I mean, I just think that's fantastic. You know, I, I, original was filmed in September and out in November and they turned it around. And I and that's going to have lots of views, big impact. I mean, I lo- would love the idea of them like filming concerts and doing stuff, but they can't go on concerts. They can't do anything right now. So I just think this was a, such, a, such a great idea. They can't do proper concerts, obviously, yeah. but they do have the facilities to do some smaller scale audience free concerts with yeah. uh, people at the parks. They could use the Hyperion over in, in Disneyland. They've probably got pre-recorded shows from some of the Broadway stuff that they could do like they did for Hamilton. Uh, there are a lot of options here. Uh, in the meantime, if you like Taylor Swift, you've probably already watched it. But if you haven't, or maybe you want to watch it again, show your support and, and check it out. Hopefully it will last a lot longer than the ABC series. Or I think that was a separate thing, because that was kind of like Purchase Dean in a, a, like a last minute thing right at the beginning of the lockdown. Um, so moving on from there, we had a brand new Disney Plus original drop this week. We had Black Beauty. And what did you think of the movie? I liked it better than I thought I would. I, I thought I was going to go into it and just kind of fall asleep uh but it is pretty well put together uh it moves a little quickly in terms of storytelling particularly towards the end but uh it doesn't need to to dwell too much on a lot of it i was a little frustrated because it felt like i was watching warhorse again um recognizing of course that warhorse was written more than 100 years after black beauty was so i know where the which one came first but i saw warhorse before i i seen or read anything about black beauty so that's my starting point and i was like okay i've I've seen this movie but it's still really well done good actors uh good actress uh nothing against against kate winslet very good actress uh does a great narration but i also don't think the narration was particularly necessary or it could have just been done with a bit of toning down it could have just done with a bit less a lot less, actually. I mean, yeah, there, there were some parts towards the end of it um, where they, they rapid fire, like uh, the horse was owned by this person and they were a good person, but they had to give up the horse. So now the horse is owned by this person and this person was eh, not evil, but negligent. Uh, and then yeah. they were owned by this person and they just rapid fire through and kind of like, all right, we need a narration for that. But did I really need the narration to explain that the horse was unhappy that it was separated from the rest of its herd? Yeah. Uh, no, I kind of figured that out on my own. Yeah, I mean, in the original novel, it went through like dozens of, of owners. So it was much quicker. So obviously in this one, they, they kind of stuck 
with Joe for much longer kind of establishing it. Or I could have done with them spending a lot less time with the posh um, friends. And I felt that dragged a little bit. It, it's like we got the gist of the fact that the girl was, was nasty. You know, it felt like we could have probably cut that down. To, I mean, obviously they didn't get, I think the main thing was like introducing the boy, but even he was a bit like, and the, you know, he turned up at the end and went like, well, okay. It wouldn't have made any difference. It could have been any bloke at that point. <laughs> Just turn up. But yeah, that, that was the only real thing really of where it felt like it dragged was that bit where, she, you know, she was at, at that um, posh school. Yeah, I think it was it was important for character development for Joe. It was also important for the horse to kind of recognize how her life was going to be moving forward. Uh, the part that was weird to me were those two other girls right at the beginning uh, in the first yeah. section where I'm just like, they're getting set up as, as the mean girls. They're, you yeah. know, they're, they're nasty for no particular re- reason, but they're mm-hmm. whatever. And, and then they just, they just disappear. They have a couple yeah. snarky comments. They show up in the posh stable and have a couple more snarky comments and then they're gone. It's like, okay. Yeah. They, they um, have zero personality other than being mean. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really, a really good movie. It's a, the kind of stuff that we don't, that you know, generally probably you don't, you you wouldn't go cinema to see. Um, perfect for streaming, perfect for for it landed. And the big thing I think for this as well, it not being made by Disney meant that it was a little. And the same thing happened with Clouds. It wasn't quite as as super fluffy. And I I enjoyed the fact that it wasn't kind of Disney-fied a little bit. It was. I think like had Disney made it, it would have been a little bit more fluffy. They probably would have gone for a little bit more sap on the ending. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was already a little bit sappy, but that, that's you kind of expect well, that from the beginning. I mean, it was but pretty they, sad. I mean, it, in some ways, it was, you know, like it was sad, but it was more of a catharsis. Sad. Yeah. Like uh, until they're like, oh yeah, and then I and then I died many years later. It's like, okay, that probably wasn't necessary for you to include that. Bit. <laughs> I was but, like, okay, so you you just and, and now I'm you know I'm with my mum. I'm like, okay, that was kind of pretty. It's really dark yeah. for Disney. I mean, I know, you know, it but, was just, yeah. But here's the thing is we have no sense of time in that other than uh, Joe, or sorry, um, the horse dropping in. Oh yeah, two years pass from when Joe was no longer my owner. We have no sense of how long any of these bits and pieces last. How long was, was she in well, the care one, of the at, farmer? At one point they say it's seven years later. Right, but um, then... But, but she even looks then, identical. Obviously, she, she, doesn't, they have, she doesn't like aged in the slightest. It's like, well, either she was really because she didn't look like a fourteen-year-old, whatever it was to begin with. They were just playing the uh, long game. The only thing is, right, is there was this one scene where this lad is on his mobile phone, right, and they're kind of making the fun of it. And I was on the lines of, if you took that scene out, that movie could have been made. Um, that could have been Any, set anytime. Set, yeah. Could have been set in the sixties. It could have been set in the. It's like. You've like modernized it. Well, how? Because he's got a mobile phone. It's literally the only way they, they, they it felt like they got, you know, I mean, I know they had the helicopters and all the rest of it at the beginning, but that, you know, that could have been set in the 80s. I don't know. It, it was literally that one scene with the mobile phone. Cause even the stuff at the, at the posh school, everything was very like, you know, it's like when she got to the, you're going to school. Well, does she need the Wi-Fi password? You know, there was like no kind of mention I, I know it's like not necessarily important, but it was, it just seemed that kid on the phone was like, okay, now it's modern. That was, well, that was what it is. the funny thing about the phone is it didn't even feel like it was a plot point. It, I know that it's supposed to be, he was distracted and that's yeah. why the barn burned down, but it felt more like they included the cell phone so they could have um, Jorah Mormont 
quip in with something like get off your phone you, you little yeah. kid or this is like was that really necessary i did yeah whatever um but yeah obviously the real point was that he was distracted not properly watching and and almost killed the horses by accident which actually ended up being a bit of a theme of the movie of um you you don't have just cruel people though they they certainly had plenty yeah. of those you also have people who are just like you should have nothing to do with horses ever because you're oh. going to kill them by accident I think the one that did get me was the police officer with, you know, that didn't put the, put, and you know, and I mean, even the narration was like, oh, well, he didn't know any better. It was like, and it's like, he, it's like, you know, he's a police officer. He, he, he dealt with the situation. He just put the horse in and walked away, you know, cause he, he wouldn't, why would you, why would you think that a horse needed to be, you know, and I know it, it obviously had a big impact, but it was that situation of in some way of like, oh, well, you know, she sort of said, well, it, 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 it you know, he didn't know any better. It was like, yeah, well, I see where they went with it, but it was actually, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say it wasn't neglect on his side. He just, he, it was complete, he yeah. just was grabbing somebody off the street and saying, you know, here's my dog, you know. <laughs> I, I would still count it as neglect, but to be fair, it was not intentional neglect. He didn't yeah. know that he needed to do this thing. But this is also leads into the, or back into that idea of they kind of rapid fired things and didn't really let the consequences sit in because they like, Okay, and because of this, she got um, what horse pneumonia? I forget what the they, the actual term like for it was. Tuberculosis isn't that? Uh, it wasn't tuberculosis, yeah. but in any event, she got sick from it. And then, not more than a minute later, she's like, "Oh yeah, she was she was kind of in and out for a couple of weeks, and then she was fine." But her owner could no was going to retire, so he sold her off to the, and just like, okay, so there were basically no consequences to her getting sick. And, yeah. And there was a kind of weird thing as well. Like, oh, so what, not, not one thing. It's like this whole thing of like the horses being, I'd be honest, I'd never really imagined like anyone really selling a horse. You know, it's like, I was a bit like, you know, how many times we got sold on? I'm like, well, okay. Yeah, yeah. Nevertheless, but obviously back in the, back in the 1800s and stuff, it was a, you know, essentially a very expensive, um, products to have but I don't know I'm, I sort of watched this movie I got to the end of, and I was like I really I enjoyed it a lot more than I was expecting to it was a nice solid family friendly movie I'd recommend it and if you've got younger kids just be aware that there are some scenes that are they, they don't show a lot but they, there, there is a little bit of I don't know peril involved in it but I just I was just very impressed I really wish Disney had kind of a lot more promotion when they did something like like what she was sat sat in a field talking to, to interviewers and I was like um like okay there's, there's been no no publicity about this at all and I really feel like they needed that for this movie and I think that's the problem going forward the next few weeks where we've got you know the, all these movies dropping and it's like you know they're really pushing soul but safety godmothered and black beauty have kind of got lost in the shuffle yeah, and Black Beauty is absolutely one that they could have put at least a little bit of force behind. I mean, the, it it wouldn't be the you know the tentpole release. It wouldn't be the one where like you need to get a Disney Plus subscription so you can watch Black Beauty. But it's the one where it's like, hey, you have a Disney Plus subscription, or you're you're visiting with family right now and they have a Disney Plus. Uh, you know, Black Beauty. It's a good family movie, uh, especially wish- if you've got to entertain younger kids. I wish they put it out on uh, Thanksgiving or actually swap maybe Black Beauty with um, Godmothered and had something drop on that Thursday. Like, he, and I had that as a bigger, you know, because Godmother's coming up next week and then we've got Safety. I uh, you know we're having these movies just dropping and, I, and it's like, there needs to be a, maybe a little bit more. I, I am but, dreading yeah. Godmothered right now. <laughs> well, we'll be talking about that one next week, but um, we will. It's, um, it's definitely, you know, that kind of thing of, 
you know, I think there needs to be a lot more, a lot more promotion of it. So let's now move on to the big one of the week. So um, the Mandalorian. Um, what an episode! Now I'm going to be honest. We can't do this without not doing spoilers. So if you haven't seen the episode, come back afterwards. Unfortunately, there's just too much in here for us not to go into it. Um, but what did you think of that episode? I loved it. I loved it. Um, and for all the obvious reasons, you know, you've got Ahsoka Tano right there from the beginning. Uh, she looks fantastic and she got some good fight scenes in there right at the beginning. And then right at the end, you've got um, Michael Bean in there in a small cameo role. I, I, I have a fondness for Michael Bean's acting, even if it is really hammy. Uh, you've got, that important name drop, which we'll come back to in a second. You've got all sorts of little references. And then of course, you know, just more fun action Mandalorian um, all around. It, it It's just been such a great season so far. And this has been a great episode in it. This definitely felt like this wasn't, I mean, there, there was a major information drop in this episode. Um, that alone in any of the episodes would have made it big. You know, the idea that Ahsoka was able to basically communicate with Grogo. Was it Grogo? I think that was the Grogo. Word. Yes. Yeah. Or Grogu. Uh, sorry. That's his new name. It's no longer Baby Yoda. It's now Grogu. No, 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 no. I do not care what his official name is. He is Baby I think, Yoda. Yeah. I think it's going to take a while. Um, I, I'm glad in some way they kind of got that out of the way. You know, we have they needed to. Um, I mean, I'm not being funny, but the child is such a, an awful like marketing bit of a, you know, like this is the child, you know, it may, may t- I'm glad they got it out of the way. I mean, obviously now it means now they can make all more n- new toys and put his name on it. Um, but what was, I really liked was that whole aspect of that. They've set up that, you know, he, he was a Padawan trained at the Jedi council. They s- smuggled him out during the events of the revenge of the Sith when Anakin was attacking everybody and went into hiding and it was trained by Jedi's, and I was like, I really like that, that they've they've positioned him. They've put him where he, he's not just a kid that's got, um, that's just got the four sensitive. No, he is, he was a Padawan. And I kind of, and I appreciate it. And I also like the fact that as well, them playing up on the idea that he's got attached to Mando and that, that Ahsoka didn't want to train him because what happened with Vader. I just thought that was so well done. I mean, in some one hand you kind of go, or was this the point where they pass off Yoda, you know, baby Yoda to, to Ahsoka? And they didn't. They didn't go down that line. And the fact that they even name dropped Yoda, they, you know, they, they, they didn't pull away from this. Nope, they, they, they owned it. And it made sense that Ahsoka would not want to train uh, baby Yoda. She, she was never actually a real Jedi. Uh, she she was a Padawan, so she never had to train anyone. She she kind of assisted a little with Ezra, but that was still mostly Kanan. And in in her shoes, I would absolutely be like, nope, this guy has a lot of power, and if I do this wrong, there's a lot of really bad things that could happen. I nope, you got to find someone else to do this. I mean, I just love that whole aspect of what they did with that one. I just really like how they they've centered Baby Yoda of what happened, where he was. And I think as well, establishing for people that he's been around a while and he was there right through the whole of, you know, the, the original trilogy. And they, you know, those the after effects of Return of the Jedi, you know, the, the power vacuum. Um, I just loved all that. There was a few other things that I really enjoyed was the planet that they were on looked very different. Um, they're very green, very horrible, very much um, kind of that 
the village had the kind of Chinese, Japanese vibe and the whole scene had a kind of samurai effect, you know, where they're, and lower, you know, where they're jumping from rooftop to rooftop, kind of doing stuff and the villagers are all helping out. And it reminded me of some video games that I play like Tenchi on the PlayStation and other movies and stuff. Um, and I just was really impressed with that whole thing. Yeah, and I got a lot of uh, Chinese vibes out of it as well, particularly when we saw that the woman was using a spear. Uh, which I, I typically associate more with like the the martial arts films out of uh, China, something like Hero with Donnie Yen and Jet. Yeah, that fight scene, Jet Li, Donnie Yen with the sword and the spear is one of the best martial arts fight scenes, at least in the last 20 years or so. Uh, either way, loved all of that. Uh, they had a lot of fun with that. And I wanted to jump back for one second because this occurred to me while we, you were talking about it. Like they still do need to, to give us a reason why nobody has said, Hey, you know, there's this kid named Luke Skywalker. He, 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 he might be a Jedi that you want to talk to. Um, Ahsoka yeah. probably would have, it makes sense that most people wouldn't know he was Ahsoka, even though we we've never seen her officially learn about him. Uh, Cause we don't know her, her uh, stuff after rebels. It would seem likely that she would know who he was. I don't know, but also the fact of him sort of saying her calling out that other Jedi's will. I mean, they've basically set him up on this quest now, where he's going to head off to this temple to become a Jedi. And I mean, we all just know that someone's someone's coming in in the middle of all that and interfering. But it sets up, you know, are they going to bring in? I mean, a lot of people that are jumping straight to like Luke Skywalker. I'm thinking more like Ezra or or Kanan or well, Kanan's dead, but (laughs) yeah. Well, Ezra definitely kind of stands out as the main one. Well, and the main reason Ezra stands out, of course, is because they name dropped Grand Admiral Thrawn right in the middle of the episode, which, of course, if you've seen Rebels, you know that he and Thrawn are very closely linked at the moment or at this part of the timeline. Uh, So there there is that potential. But I was reading that more as um, them setting up a spinoff for Ahsoka to go hunting for Thrawn and, and Ezra. I think most people were going with that angle as well. Uh, I mean, so there's certainly that. Film, I mean, I was just, I did, I did do an audible gasp because I mean, I've read yeah. the novels. Um, I've been, a, I'm a big fan of the character, and that was like, oh, okay, this is great. This is what we want. You know, there's been rumors of them doing a spin-off show. This sets us all up perfectly. This just sets this whole thing going. You know, this was the closest thing to a live-action version of Rebels we've seen. You know, there's little loft cats running around. We've got all the characters in there. So cute. It was it was so good. The only thing I did bring up was the idea that maybe if you've not seen the Clone Wars or Rebels, a lot of this stuff will go over your head because, like, I mean, like my dad will be watching this episode today or over the weekend, and he will not know the importance of Ahsoka or Thrawn or. But then it would have been the same thing when the dark side or Bo-Katan turned up, you know? Right. They do. Yeah. Well, I think Bo-Katan and the dark saber would be different situations. Cause I watched um, the dark saber episode with the, the ending of season one with somebody who had no star Wars knowledge outside the movies. And he was definitely like, wait, what was that? Was that significant? That's like a black lightsaber. I'm like, Oh, I will tell you the significance of that dark saber Bo-Katan and also Ahsoka to a, to a degree. You can kind of just go with, um, we have had new characters every single episode. There are, uh, you know, we had um, the person in the Boba Fett outfit in the first episode. You know, we've had various people show up here and there. So, so people watching The Mandalorian are used to characters just kind of dropping in and 
Uh, is there importance to this character outside of this moment? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. The one exception I would make to that, though, is Grand Admiral Thrawn, because the way they mentioned him, it was very clear that you were supposed to go, oh, oh, man. Uh, because there's a, a lot of uh, gravitas in the way that she she dropped the name. There was a lot of importance implied in it. It gets its own like beat. There is nothing else going on in that moment. So I think if you don't know who Thrawn is, you're kind of going, wait, is that is that important? Uh, who's yeah. who's this guy? Because you, you do get the sense from that scene that you are supposed to go, I know who this is and I am psyched out to see this. So Ahsoka... Yeah, you can just go, okay, this is the hero of the week who showed up, and it, and either she has a history or she doesn't. Bo-Katan, same thing. But that moment with Thrawn, you're like, ooh. Well, yeah. we just, you know we just want this one that one episode where they bring Soka, the, the Mandalorians all in, and they bring everybody together for, you know, to go rescue Baby Yoda. You, they're either going to go that way or that'll be like season three. That That's kind of what I'm expecting, is that the ending of season two will in some way involve them losing baby Yoda either Moff Gideon captures him or he gets uh, abducted by someone and then season three will be tracking him down um, I did want to ask you this though uh, in terms of references I'm curious if you got the the Tython and the HK87 references what those are references to no I didn't I okay that. so this leads that that was my point too where it's another thing where they they drop in these references and a lot of the times if you don't know it's a reference then whatever it's just a thing so tython uh plays a major part in the star wars the old republic and knights of the old republic video games from back in the day which most people probably haven't played recently i haven't, pl I haven't played them either uh they they probably have not aged well but tython plays a major part of that um it's where the original jedi council uh or not the original but it's where the jedi council used to be before they moved to coruscant and hk87 is a reference to a very popular character called hk47 uh, uh, he, he's the character who's always like talking about meat bags and things like mm -hmm. that. So having both of those things in there were, were huge um, nods to the star Wars, the Knights of the old Republic. Uh, but yeah, if you didn't know those were references to something, you're just like, Oh, okay, go to this, this yeah. planet. Um, and there's assassin droids. Cool. Yeah. I just, I, don't know, I, just I, I was just really impressed. This whole season has just continued to build on it week after week after week you know that we're not it doesn't feel like that we need a cheap episode here we need to cut back on it's like no we're not cutting back on budgets you've got a budget for every episode's you would almost say every episode's got the same budget um uh, i'm i'm kind of curious to see how the final two episodes or at least the final episode if the, if yeah. we're going to see a, a budget spike in those but honestly i was kind of going back like Episode one, they just blew the entire budget on this crate dragon. It turns out, uh, <laughs> no, actually, they didn't. <laughs> no, no. So, that, I mean, that's the thing you normally see in things where they, you know, you get a few episodes of things where they've got to kind of trim the fat a little bit. But no, they've, they've not done that one there. Um, again, I was just very, very, very impressed. I got to the end of the episode. And went, that's a super episode. You know, just, can, you know, we've only got three more episodes left of this season. Um, but um, yeah, just a very impressive episode. Um, right. On that note, Guys, thank you very much for joining us again. Um, so, well, again for us. Again for us, yeah. Um, like, it's, it's the first time I've done that one, okay? That's the first time I've done that. To be honest, we have been doing podcasts here and on Diz Kingdom together for more than four years yeah. now, and you were doing it before I joined you, yeah. so... 
the fact that this is the first time that's happened is actually really <laughs> impressive yes so on that note thank you very much to all of our supporters on youtube and also on patreon and you can become a member from as little as two dollars a month you can also subscribe on YouTube audio platforms. You can also go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com. And on that, guys, thank you very much. We'll see you guys soon. Laters. May the Grogu be with you. Grogu. Grogu. Goku? <laughs>